0: Got sponsors now playboy
1: i saw that i heard that on the Fuck. last one but like one of your sponsors was an actual like event or something like that yeah so i have one event i got one more that i have to
0: do for them today um and then i have local it's because I'm, I'm, I'm building up towards small business saturday november 30th i want to start like piecing together like little five minute clips with local uh business owners and where. Where they're based out of in the community, what exactly they do as a small business, they're just like a quick like elevator story, you know, your thirty second pitch, like what what are you all about, what got you into it, what are you looking to accomplish with it, yeah, and then just kind of put a compilation together for the a quick release for Saturday the thirtieth small yeah. business Saturday small, small business shopping. Saturday. nice, I see, yes, bro, <sighs> I don't know how I sound, you sound Can beautiful, you? bro, hey, I you, hear, hear you me well. You sound amazing. Stop. You're hitting the levels. Look at you. <laughs> I whip,
1: bro. Hey, so long as we're actually recording. Yes, you know,
0: and guess what? We're good. We're looking good. <laughs> we're looking good, bro. Yeah. Looking good. All right. It's all right. Yeah, current events, topics, you. Brief history of you since we uh omitted everything. And uh, <laughs> fuck, dude, that was such a good. It was such good back and forth, man. It was really good. So eventually like I want to get you here, and uh-huh. then I wanna get my boy Christian here, uh-huh. and then I wanna get both of you back together here. And okay. I'll make it a whole like a trilogy. Okay. Okay. Best Whatever things in life. The best things in life come in three. So long as we have time, we'll get it done. I feel you, man. You know what Sometimes I mean? Sometimes I say, Oh man, I want to get that person back. But uh I listened to the last one you guys did. Which one uh, uh con el Professor, the teacher of the year. I like his story. Yeah. It seems like the district wasn't old isn't as clean cut or isn't as a uh, drama free as I would expect from a school district but then again I'm looking at it through outside eyes right you right. know so I don't know what to expect I'm just yeah. assuming like oh this is a school and this is a district yeah everything is on the up and up everyone adheres to policy procedure and then you hear like oh wow just like any other industry What in particular like struck your your ire on that one just the way that not maybe all teachers are executing game plans the way they should okay uh, intend to okay, maybe certain students slip through the cracks, Ooh. whether by uh, the student's own doing or maybe the teachers um I don't know, plan of attack to like capture the attention of the student okay you know what i mean so i was like oh cool but it sounded like a teacher was on on the ball man yeah yeah don dumas
1: is don dumas yeah he's uh he's an amazing person man he's he is somebody special in our district and um, you know we always say oh well we wish we could replicate that person you know we wish we could get don to teach other teachers to be more more like Don, but it don't work like that. You know what I mean? There's only like lighting in a bottle. Yeah, well, I mean, Fewin it's just that it's just as you know, there's only a few of those rock stars out there in the world, and it's hard to replicate what they do. But you can kind of push out the the big ideas of what they're about, and see if anybody can cling to that. But um, Don Don is a trip, man. He's <laughs> I was surprised. I said it on my podcast. I was surprised that the county gave him the award. I heard. Yeah, just because he's keeping it yeah. so too real, fucking real. Yeah, a little you know? too real, a little but but too real. That's
0: good. Yeah. yeah, Cesar. Before we go any further, yeah, it looks like we're gonna delve into this, and it looks sounds like we're gonna get hit on some nice oh, topics. Let's do it. You control. The Aquí economy. está el compita today. Today with me is Mr. Cesar Fernández. Yo yo, an educator, mm-hmm. community leader, mm-hmm. husband, Ooh. father. Yes, all of the things. Hip hop junkie. Hip hop junkie. Vinyl. Vinyl? I'm just getting into dabbing vinyl. Dabbing a little?
1: I'm dabbing just a little. Just getting
0: into it, dipping the toe?
1: Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, we were decorating the house, and my wife was like, you know, we should take some of your favorite album covers and, and put them on the wall, because she knows that I've been digging lately. And it's kind of a new thing, right? And so we were going through it like, well, what albums do we want to put on the
0: wall? Because that says a lot about you. That's true. Yes. Right? It does. Right? That does. You're letting people in. You know, yeah. you can let people in with certain aspects, but as soon as you start like putting your music, your preference on the wall, it's like, oh, this guy likes Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, all right. You know, it's like, yeah. MC Snow. All right. All right. MC
1: But I didn't get you down. Yeah, none of that, bro.
0: But anywho, so yeah, man. Local educator. Local educator. From what you've told me in the past. Family lineage—that's where it started. You're you're not the first, mm-hmm. presumably not the last in the family that'll take this a uh, career path. Nah, I, I mean I got my
1: my tia has been teaching over 31 years in Calexico. Uh, my mom just retired like four years ago. She had put 38 years in San Diego Unified. That's intense. 38 years in any industry is like that's like respect, that. Spec, bro. Like, like that, you know what I mean? And she never switched districts or anything like that. It was kind of crazy. That's rare that's kind of rare that's kind of rare people move around Mm. um got a cousin who teaches out in las vegas she used to teach in um seattle um i got another cousin who has a credential
0: but she chooses to homeschool her children okay it's a religious thing is it (laughs) but huh it is yeah yeah yeah. from what i understand that uh, the homeschooling the numbers have gone up recently i don't know i don't mm-hmm. keep track of the homeschooling uh um, if anything in
1: public education we kind of keep a little bit more track about how we're losing um students mm-hmm. to either local Charters, charter schools yeah. or or private schools mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what we're looking at we don't really look too much at the homeschooling um yeah so anyways i don't want to get too much into that unless you want to look at what
0: else you want i want to get lost in your brain man because yeah. i you're the kind of dude that i know has a lot To say, and you're constantly, the wheels are constantly churning and burning and turning. So I know that you're always thinking about something. You always got that look. Every time I see you, you look pensive. It's like, (laughs) man, is this dude upset? And I'm like, no, that's how people look when they're thinking about stuff. This guy is processing something. He's just not thinking about like, oh. Yeah. Watching football on a Monday. It's like you got things.
1: Yeah, man. It's crazy. Sometimes I'll just zone out, bro. I mean, we'll be watching the same TV show and you'll ask me, "Well, yeah, what would you think about that? And I'll be like, bro, I was thinking about <laughs> I was something. not even I was watching staring. that. Yeah. I was staring at the TV, but I was thinking about something else. But yeah, man. So how long have you been an educator? I have been in the game. This is my 22nd season. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And you do so, break it up in seasons because obviously it is broken down into... It's a a season, man.
1: It's a school year, September to June. You know what I mean? Or for in my case, it's actually more like July to June. But yeah, seasons. So
0: what got you into that being that uh, it's in the family genealogy since your mom was in the industry for 38 years? Do you feel like that was the path that you were just destined to take?
1: Well, it was a combination of me always being good at math, mm-hmm. um, and and then it was also the fact that during college, I was working as an instructional assistant at several different schools, and so I was already getting my taste of education right there. Okay. You know, so- Wetting the beak a little. Exactly. And so I, uh, I went to, to state, San Diego State um, as an engineering major. But as I started to get to the engineering courses and meet actual engineers, started to rethink like ah, this not is not me. this is not necessarily one of what I wanted to do. You know, people had always told me, "Well, you're good at you're good at art, you're good at drawing, and you're good at math. Oh, that's an engineer. Probably more like an architect or mm-hmm. something like that." But they were like, "Oh yeah, you should just go be an engineer." They're just putting you in a box, right? So that I mean you know, and it's not their fault. They just want something good for me to do when I get out of college, and so that's what I went there for. But. I ended up being like, nah, this doesn't excite me. And so for an engineering major, the easiest thing to switch to is math. And I was just like, I could already just do that. You yeah. know? So that's what happened, man. A little bit of the, little bit of the college experience, but then also the instructional assistance piece was was important.
0: So as an educator, do you feel that the college experience is necessary? Mm. You're a father. Father of two. Mm-hmm. You got two little two little squinklets in elementary, I presume. Yeah. So I I have two little dudes in elementary and one that's two. Do you find that the college experience is what it once was? Is it necessary? Okay, so what? W- it's not what it once was.
1: Um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to answer that question outright. So I'll say, yes, it's necessary. Um, no, it's not necessary in order to be successful mm-hmm. at what you do right anytime you're passionate about something you're going to do the learning anyways and and you're going to take you're going to be willing to take the risks to be good at it i'm sure you know all about that and then uh and and then you can be successful that way um while i say college is necessary i find it hard to push students toward that who aren't going to get scholarships and be able to pay for for their education there, outright yep. you know because that shit's expensive now so i have a hard time saying yeah you know what go get that hundred thousand yeah. dollar education and then be in debt at what for cost? the next yeah. 15 to 30 yeah. years exactly mm-hmm. you know so i was lucky enough to go to college at a time where you know it was feasible it was feasible bro it was for it's was 1400 a semester um
0: now it's like, I don't know, four or five thousand a semester for state. I think it's more. And not only that, I feel like the bar has been raised at San Diego State. Once upon a time it was like that was the safety school, if that was even like a term to use. Now I you know, I have people that come in here to the brewery or whatever, and we talk, and like, oh yeah, I go to state. I was like, What's what's the criteria? What's needed to get into state these days? And they started like, you know, spouting out numbers, spouting out prerequisites. I'm like, Oh wow, the times have changed. It's no longer 13th grade when you're going to state, my man. It's legit university life. Yeah, nah, for real. Um,
1: so I was gonna dig up uh I was gonna dig up something for you that I had looked at the other day, and that's because our district is in partnership with San Diego State. They have what's called the Compact for Success. And if you keep a certain grade point average uh, you go through certain hoops, then you're guaranteed or you were guaranteed admission to San Diego State coming okay. straight out of there. Right. But they're rethinking that because of all the applicants they get at San Diego State. So from the document that I remembered, and I want to try to find it for you, but from the document, um, they get ninety four thousand students that apply there <laughs> each year, bro. Is that crazy or that what? That is
0: ridiculous, man. So, so,
1: oh my gosh! You know that they have to be selective, mm-hmm. right? And so, it's probably more difficult to get into state than like Cal Poly Slo oh, post- or Cal Poly Pomona, something like that, just because of the sheer <sighs> number of applicants. So they got to raise the bar. On what the GPA is and the SAT that you need to get in there and stuff
0: like that. Make it a little trickier to get in. Exactly,
1: man. So, no, it's, it's, it's not as easy as it once was to get into San Diego State.
0: As it should be. You know, I mean, as time passes, you almost feel like you want things to become a little bit more difficult. You want things to be a little bit more difficult to attain. It was easier back in the day, man. I almost feel like the structure of how... I remember going to high school and it was a breeze. Mm. Then I have people that are in our family that are in high school or just uh, friends and their kids or family friends that have kids in high school. I'm like,
1: whoa, Mm. it's a
0: whole different level. Well, I think
1: so. Look, I, I don't think it necessarily needs to be harder. Um, I just think that the criteria that we use to select the people that we uh, that um, we accept needs to change a little bit and it, and it kind of is right so back in the days if you checked the boxes you know you got the 4.0 GPA check fuck, even yeah even like a 3.5 if you', cool check, you you're in, in uh-huh. you got the SAT and that oh. one you know back in my days if you were over like 1100 that was, was set, a winner. check, okay, check. you know what I mean yeah and so if you checked all the boxes then you were pretty much good to go you knew you'd get into some colleges. But nowadays colleges are actually looking at your personal statement when you write about um, a, yes. when you write about a personal Why experience you or exactly you who you are. Why should we choose right? you? So they're looking more at at teams or cohorts, right? At what kind of a person are we lending into our university and what is this freshman class gonna look like? Yeah. What do you bring so to the table? What do these guys bring to the table collectively? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that they're kind of starting to shy away from Certain measures like the SAT, mm-hmm. some colleges aren't using it anymore. There's some even uh, an Ivy League college. Uh, I want. I forget which one. I don't want to mess it
0: up. Rice, Brown, not Art. using it, Not <laughs> really? using the SAT anymore. You know what I mean? I like that. I mean, from what I remember for the SAT, I took it twice and I topped out at 1040, bro. Mm. You know, and I was like, ooh, that's a low number. And then my, but when I Teamed it up with what I did in class and school. I was like, okay, I had a nice GPA, but my, my SATs weren't there. Mm. I've never been a good test taker. I've never been somebody that can sit down and just like know what I read and apply it to a test. So I like, personally, if, for my kids, I have three little boys and they're little, but you already know what kind of a person or personality they're developing. <laughs> One of my little guys is a bookworm, mm. he reads books day and night, he knows mm. how to. Uh, look at a situation. He's mathematical. His brain is definitely wired for mathematics. He knows. Okay. He loves numbers. He's like me. Yeah. We watch golf. We watch soccer. We watch baseball, and everything is numbers. We don't necessarily say like, "Oh, look at this." He hit the ball far. It's like, "Oh, he has an average of this. He has an OBP on base percentage of this." Mm. And that's what we think. And he, ta- he talks to me like that. I'm like, "I understand your language, you little nerd. I know. Yeah. What you- I know what you're doing." Yeah. And I got the other one. My other <laughs> one is Jackson. My ja- Jackson is is more of a hands-on doer. Okay. You know he's more physical. He's like, "Okay, I need to do this. I got to do that." We like we work extraordinarily hard on his like they called sight words. He's in kindergarten, yeah. so there's a 100 words yep. and this little this little dude has to know all 100 words. Yeah. So it's like, "Oh, we got through 7. Good job, papa. Oh, we're at 20. Good job." So I mean, he he requires like that positive reinforcement. It's like, "You're doing it well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you." Mm-hmm. My older ones like, "I know I did it, dad. Like it's I got it." I'm like, "All right, cool." Like <laughs> like relax. Like he does, he's like, I, I got this dad. Don't fuck with me. Spend more time on Jackie. Like, I got this. Let me read. i like, okay. all right, cool, you got it. Jackson, like, good job, Papa. We're proud of you. Yeah. I did good, Daddy. He did excellent. So he requires that. Number two, child. Number three is a reckless, bro. I don't know what to, I don't know what to expect with number three. Mm. But that being said, it's like, I know universities, like I'm bringing it back to this, like, is a university an essential piece of a successful career? I think for one of my kids it will be mm. my oldest is going to be very um it's going to be very structured he's going to require a lot of structure in his life he's going to color within the lines he they're going to teachers and professors and educators are going to assign him tasks and he's going to meet the tasks and that's it like like you said he's going to check the box he's going to have a good grades. he's probably going to be an excellent test taker then the other one is going to be more hands-on he's going to have to learn and i don't think i don't think a a university career is going to be for him. Mm. I feel he's going to be more like me in the sense that he he wants to know the inner workings of, of, of things, of shit. Mm. You know, he wants to know the guts of it. Like, how does this work? He's always up at my ass, like, Daddy, Daddy, um, what do you do at the brewery when you get there? And how long do you stay at the brewery? And let me go to the brewery with you. I, I want to help you at the brewery. What do you do? I'm washing mm-hmm. kegs today. I want to help you wash kegs. Daddy, are you going to the bar today? Let me go to the bar with you. What do you do at the bar? So I'm like, and I tell my wife, i was like, damn, this is a little kid, he he just wants to know what I do because I, I feel like he wants to go along the same path. He wants to build, create, and then just kind of watch that thing go. Yeah, yeah. Oldest yeah. he just wants to be part of a system and kind of see if he can work his way up the system and just be in that position. It's a crazy time, man. I I don't know what, what to expect when these kids are older. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I will say this though, uh, as far as mm-hmm. going back to your original question. If you have if you have a particular an interest in a particular field and if you want to change make big changes, sweeping changes, we want people to listen to you in that field, then you're probably going to need those three letters after your name. You know what I mean? For sure. You're going to need yeah. that PhD. Yeah. You know what I Master mean? Master of
0: Education, I mean, everything. Make there, that yeah. MED for sure. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? But uh, you're going to need that PhD too. You're going to need something like that for for people to really um, take
0: your your work seriously. It means a lot, right? Huh? Those acronyms mean a lot? Yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> See, and then sometimes I wonder if I would have taken schools more seriously. Like, what well, would my path, my path have been? You know. Then I'm like, ah, you know what? It happened for a reason. I'm here. You know? Absolutely. My parents Absolutely. want my parents wanted college graduates. They got my sister. You know, you got my sister. <laughs> now she, she's the one. Hang it up. Watch it. Look at it. But like, you had me on your podcast, and tell me a little bit about that right now, because I was on your podcast. We sat down. Uh-huh. We chatted about you know beer being locally. Okay. Your podcast is called. The Educated Guess nice. Podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. We've been going on from uh since 2016 you know um it was just something that 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 came to me because i always loved to be in front of the microphone i used to make hip-hop music back in the 90s and uh so it's always been very comfortable on the mic um but being that i'm in the field of education and i come in contact with a lot of people that that have to do with that i kind of wanted to get their stories out and so and so that's that's how it started I mean, I just bought a bunch of equipment mm-hmm.
0: and just gave it a shot. It's easy as it relates to getting started, you <laughs> yes, know, yes. as it relates to getting started. It's easy mm. as it relates to actually maintaining it and well, maintaining focus and keeping that momentum going. That's where it kind of gets tough, mm-hmm. you know, Finding but, the time. but I finally like I've, I've over the last, what, maybe three months, I've listened to a, a I would say 80% of your shows, man. Okay. I like the structure. That's what's up. I like the way it breaks down. Okay. I like the questions. I like the approach. Your engineer is a man, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, all right, cool. So it's yeah. like, you're one of the podcasts that I, I always tell people like I, I work in the morning at UPS I'm there like for five hours every morning, like six hours at the most. So I load my phone up with these podcasts that I'm going to listen to. Yeah. So you're, you're now in rotation. And I'm Sweet. like, oh, but you're not fucking lazy, bro. Once a month, you don't what's like a, that. What's up with that? Once a month, <laughs> like I'll go on <laughs> and, 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 and I'll refresh it. <laughs> I'll, re, I'll refresh it, and it's like, oh, nada. nada. And then I refresh it, and then one is like, whoop! It's like oh, I it was like, and the, and the Dumas one was on there. I was like, oh, teacher, they're like, cool. Six, six. And, I, and I started listening to it, yeah. and then I started listening to. Because that one to me was a little more different when I heard it. You were more excited. Mm. Like I, like I felt like your um your your approach to them was more like of. You're always intrigued when when you're speaking to your guests. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you were like excited, like, oh, tell me about this. And why do you think you got it if your approach to teaching is this? Like uh-huh. don't you think that's weird? I was like, Oh, cool. So like you really were. Like, nah, there I was, was a, there that. was inspiration behind that interview. Yeah,
1: for sure. And um I haven't known him that long, but for the short time that I have, I mean, he's just an exciting individual. He's a cool cat. And so I was yeah, I was excited to get into it with him. And um probably have not back because there's a bunch of stories on there that he didn't tell, you know, um, this guy, I mean, <laughs> he gets into it. He gets into it with the higher ups in our district. You know, I, I hear that they challenge his approach at times. And so he challenges them right back. Um, you know, he, he, he has to deal with stuff from parents every now and then. I can imagine. Very,
0: I he has imagine. a very supportive principal though. But yeah, the, I was, I was excited to do that one. Now, being that your podcast is like, directly deals with the industry of education mm-hmm. do you feel that a lot of the teachers, professors doctors that you've had on as well do you feel like they kind of like bite their tongue a little bit on what they want to tell you or do you feel like they just let it loose and with no repercussions being coming their way, do their bosses listen to your podcast you think, like has that word gotten out in, in, in the school districts in the neighboring districts, like do people know, oh fuck, Caesar's podcast is coming out yes. yeah, a little dick Let's see what these guys are gonna say. Yes, so a lot of the
1: higher-ups in my district listen to the podcast, they know I have it. Some of them are fans of it. Good, Um, others? But I don't (laughs) don't watch what I say because it's been the same formula since I started, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I have a disclaimer that I run every now and then, even though it doesn't, probably legally, it doesn't mean it doesn't shit. Doesn't mean shit. I
0: heard it. Yeah, It's, no. yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just like, hey, this, these are my thoughts and yeah, mine alone. They it. don't have anything to do with anybody else. Yeah, bitch, but you said
0: them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I right? heard them, yeah. I mean, so any who's, um, yes. And a couple of times, a couple of times I've had guests hit me up and be like, hey, I need you to edit this out. Really? Yeah. What's your approach to that?
0: Fuck it. It's, it is what it is. You know what, bro? No nah, cutting nah, room floor. <laughs> you know what? The two
1: people that asked that of me were friends. Okay. And so I did, it. I did in the right, bottle, all bro. Right, all right. Yeah, man. <laughs> One of them, too, like they were doing this big restructuring in his district. And he had basically said that the work that his department does... He's like it's never going to work because there's too much pushback from teachers and it's just the wrong approach in general. The work itself is good, good but the but way they're, they're rolling it out, it's never so going to work, yeah. right? And so like a month later because his district was in um financial fucking distress, they fucking killed that whole department. Like he just had no job. Damn. So he was out looking for jobs. Um, and, and in the same field. And so he calls me up and he goes, Hey, he goes, you know, people have heard this uh, episode. I think you need to just get that part of it. Shelve it. Yeah. Just, Damn. just, just cut that out. And I was like, man, I was like, I was bothered because like, you're messing with the integrity of the podcast. But then again, it's like, Homie. bro, it's just a podcast. All right, yeah. fuck it. I took it out, rewrapped it up and post, and, and posted it again, uploaded it. So it
0: has a testament to your podcast, bro. It happens. You know, that's a testament to the, you know, the, it's growing. It, it's spreading its wings out. Popularity is there. Yeah. But more importantly, it's like in your industry and in, in, in the education, it's like, damn, people mm-hmm. listen to this.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, people, some people are hesitant on what they're going to say. Um, I know that the doctor that yep. I interviewed, yep. he didn't want to be known by his yep. real name. You know what I mean? Because, you know, he works for a pretty big medical company, uh-huh. um, and so he didn't want that to get back to his higher-ups. You See, know?
0: on Evil Brown, we have similar situations where we have local street vendors, uh, okay. the pharmaceutical status, uh-huh. and they're like, don't tell my, my name, don't this. But we always have questions, man. We're a very intrigued bunch. So we like to, like, you know, if, if people tell us, don't say this, don't do that, we're like, all right, cool, whatever. Mm. But once it's out, it's out. I'm not I'm not gonna go back and chop it up, you know? <laughs> so it's like yo, what you said is what you said, and we're putting it out there. Yeah. Every now and then we've cut one thing actually for glasses because my fucking comes out with says some outlandish things. But yeah, so aside from that, I'm with you, man. If it if you're comfortable being here in front of me and talking about it, mm-hmm. and we both had a conversation, I'm gonna put it out. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm
1: at the point now where it's like if you agree to do the podcast, mm-hmm. then you agree that anything you say right it's, here, you know, live, boy. As long as I tell you, mm-hmm. hey. Everything's recording. You
0: should know. Yeah. It's going to come out. <laughs> going back to that interview you did with Teacher of the Year, yeah. Mr. Dumas, I was listening, and I always had a question about that. How do you teachers remain like unbiased when you know you have a political stance? Okay. You know you have a method of thinking, whether uh-huh. it's religion, political, whatever it is, whatever the case may be. You guys have a fucking tall task when you believe in something and you know your student is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Okay. You know, like whether it's political, let's take it the political route. You know, let's just say you're in a classroom environment, you're teaching, you have a classroom full of high schoolers. High schoolers, you know, tendency to have that uh, mentality. I know everything. Fuck you. Right? Mm. You know, whatever. Or they bring their politics that yeah. their parents have. Yeah, exactly. That and that's you. what it is probably like 95% of the time. Mm. You know, like whatever they hear at home, they're going to regurgitate to you in class. Mm. So how do you handle that? Like if, if, if you know, like some kid is just coming up and just spitting some I don't know, like some straight up conservative view that mm-hmm. you know is like, you know, okay, it's not wrong. You're mm-hmm. not 100% right. Your stance may be flawed. Do you tell them? Do you have to massage their like feelings? Because you know the parents are probably going to get at you if that kid goes around and say something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that guy, okay, Professor Fernandez, he was, he was like, I feel like he was ridiculing me in front of the class because I have different thoughts. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened? No, not in my class because I teach math. So
1: we don't really have the opportunity to talk about politics or personal values unless unless there's an event that's just so big Uh that That people got to get it off their chest, right? And so then I'll just stop class and I'll be like, all right, let's get it out. This happened yesterday or this happened over the weekend and I know it's on your mind, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, but um, I'll, I'll say this is that you have to make sure that your classroom is a space where everybody feels comfortable sharing their ideas, right? And that I'm not I'm not going to get on your case or I'm not going to hold it against you just because your ideas differ from mine, okay? Now, I will throw out a little caveat. Mm-hmm. I will throw out something else though. If your views, if your views disrespect somebody else in the room, their humanity or their existence, then I'm gonna cut in. I'm gonna be like, whoa, 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 time out! You need to realize that you just said this about so and so in the room, and then you know we have to talk about that. Like that's 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 completely inappropriate. So I'll, I'll say, for instance, if a student were to make a comment about gays in my classroom, and it was really derogatory, then I got to step in and I got to say something, right? So there there is a point.
0: Right. Um, There is a point where you just have to stop things and be like, "Nah, that's not going to happen here. Just from situations that I see, like obviously big ones that come out in the news, things that just blow out of proportion. It seems that teachers, professors, educators, you guys are in a sense handcuffed with what you can do to prevent a situation or like, I guess, curb a thought process. You got to you, you really just can't say, hey, all right. You know what? Your racist views. That's not allowed here. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost feel like you guys are censored on what you can do. Like, you're the arsenal of of things you can say or actions you can use to stop this, it's not all there for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I always, um, I saw a kid on a video, obviously being disrespectful to his teacher, mm-hmm. squaring up to him, wanting to hit him. And, like, he started throwing punches at the teacher. And the teacher just kind of, like, taking it. And then I started thinking, like, why is he, like, not just, like, hey, tranquilo. Like, what's your bill? Like, relax. Yeah. Because at that point, I feel like, oh shit, all uh, everything's thrown out the window, and the teacher's going to be held liable. And I feel like the probably maybe the school would take a stance in favor of the parent and not necessarily protect their teachers. Do are you guys in that position a lot, where you got to watch what you say, take precaution with each step? Not if it's something like racism or homophobia
1: or, or Islamophobia or some something like this where we're seeing it become more prevalent nowadays, um, that we can step in and be be like, nah, Tranquilo, it's not it's nothing. Uh-huh. You're, you're wrong right now. Uh, now, a student trying to attack you yeah. is kind of a like a, that's a different beast. Because I would say the quickest way to lose your job is to put your hands on the exactly, kid. Exactly, okay? yeah. I, I've known teachers that, that got in trouble just for breaking up a fight and using too much force to break that fight up. Whatever that may be, right? It might be an elbow an check. An elbow, p- yeah. It might be all, yeah. It might be an elbow check. It might be the, the pushing back, you know, of two people that are trying to meet and fight each other. And just that push, that's enough to elicit a response from your administration. Right For doing the right thing. Yeah, because nowadays there are only certain staff members that are trained to restrain a child or a student. Uh, So so if you're not one of those people, when you put your hands on a kid… You're uh, taking your uh, career uh, in your mm -hmm. own hands. That's right. You're putting yourself at At risk. risk. Yeah, bro. So in that sense, some of us are handcuffed because of… What do you think? What do I think? I mean… Look, am I gonna defend myself? yeah, yeah, I'm gonna defend myself. I'm gonna try to restrain the kid if he's trying to punch me in the face yeah am I gonna restrain the kid and then punch the kid back in the face not not that <laughs> not, kind, <likely>. not <laughs> that kind of defense not <laughs> that kind of defense right I mean it's not <laughs> so
0: so I mean I fortunately, I've never been put in that position um and he, it's probably one of those situations that has been. Occurring for decades, pero ya ahorita the time we live in, phones are everywhere. Yeah, you know, social media is there. Mm -hmm. I feel like just it's like these things are easily attainable. More of these situations come to light Mm -hmm. because people take video of it. You know, like on on social media, I watch things that happen here in the school district that we're from. um, Not necessarily, but a friend of a friend, his kid got in an altercation at school, and the teachers nobody stepped in. Mm. So this this parent, from what I was reading, was just kind of creeping, like, oh shit, what's going on here in the community? uh he said he went to school and like demanded answers like there was teachers in the video just kind of watching his son get beat up by another kid and like yeah we can't jump in like at that point it's just like we we gotta let this play out because nobody can really jump in and touch the kids and separate the kids i'm like god damn yeah
1: yeah and I, and I hope you agree with me that, that that's just insane right Isn't that crazy yeah i don't
0: why are you going to just referee it? Like, you got to go in there and actually get, hey, Judge Mills Lane, tranquilos, guys. Like, you. Over there, you over there. You're yeah. obviously not there to hurt any one of the kids. But yeah. you're there to protect the other child from getting his ass beat. And that's what exactly what this video looked like. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and that's what I thought. Like, I was like, I got to ask Caesar about this. Like, these teachers are in a position where they're like, fuck. Yeah. I got to stop this. But if I stop this, what are the repercussions coming my way for kind of stopping this?
1: And, and, and um... So I, I think I told you I'm also the vice president of the teachers' union.
0: Ooh, tell me. That and sounds so, fancy. Tell me. So
1: I ha- No, I, I have the responsibility of representing uh, about a little less than 1,800 teachers oh, shit. in my district. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I got elected in May. And you know all
0: of them by name, correct? All of them. Nice. <laughs> First name,
1: we have handshakes and everything. Boom. You know what I mean? So my advice to them would be to not break up a fight. And that's insane. That is insane, but I'm I am here to give them the advice that will protect them and their livelihood, right? Now, would if I were personally in that situation, yeah. what would I do? I don't, I couldn't. Tell you can't you. tell. Yeah, I can't tell you mm-hmm. because I couldn't just sit there and watch somebody else's child get beat up because I got children of my own. Exactly. You know, this. and so I don't know what I would do, be, but I just couldn't. Caesar say prior that.
0: dadhood, fatherhood, probably a different situation than Caesar post parenting. You know, it's like. Even then, man, you think I, so? Even then, man, these
1: are, these are other people's babies, man. I couldn't just sit there and watch some kid get his face smashed in. That's
0: horrible. And that kid was getting his face. Smashed oh, I didn't see in. that, and that I video. I was like, oh my god. And the uh, adults were just watching, right? They was yeah. They were just kind of watching, but they were like, like they had the look of like, what the fuck do we do? And I was like, yeah. And, and I felt for the teacher. I felt for the little kid getting his ass kicked, obviously. But I yeah. felt for the teacher. I was like, damn. Yeah. You know they want to do the right thing, but you know the right thing is going to cost them everything. I don't know how I I don't know if I could
1: sleep at night if I had just st- stood there mm. watching.
0: Yeah, not, don't not get me wrong, there. they weren't there like arms crossed and watching and just, they were like, just oh. like they were like, what do we do? Like, what like, do, we do? One of them what was we like, we oh fuck, what do we do? Like, do yeah. I get in there? And it's just crazy, man. Like I, I have kids. Everything I look at now is like, oh shit, I put my kids in this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh fuck, what was that what was that with my kid? Like, mm-hmm. if that's my kid, how am I gonna react? Yep. And you know what? Eight years ago, I don't give a fuck. Eight years ago, I wasn't a dad. And I was I was. am an asshole still, but I was like way more like like self-centered as it related to like I don't care. Yeah, I don't have kids. i don't, that doesn't affect me, but now everything affects me, bro. Everything I look at, it's like oh my kids, my kids. I got to put that my kid in that situation, and I'm looking at teachers. I'm like, kids are probably more reckless now, or like I don't know if reckless is the word. Maybe they're more puffy-chested in situations. They feel a little bit more brazen mm. when it comes to like approaching a situation. I feel like kids are a little more disrespectful now. Mm. Over the years of you being an educator, have you noticed a change? Have you noticed, uh, I don't know, a downward spiral with the way uh, the students are acting towards like an authority figure, like a teacher, a principal? Is that changed? <laughs> now, first off... <laughs> first
1: off, you being three punks, uh-huh. ales... That you should be down with question
0: authority at all. Always things, right. Yeah. Right? But there's a right and a okay. wrong way. I've been questioning it all my life. I still question it to this day. Uh-huh. And you know, and that's why you guys call yourself three punk girls. I'm like, that's why I mean I'm not here to fucking fight everybody. I'm here to just like, oh yeah, why? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to make these beers this way? Why do I have to do it? What if I do it this way, this Yeah. Day? Yeah. So yeah, it's like you know why me. do I have to make a hazy IPA? Yeah. Fuck, oh, your hazy yeah, IPA. fuck your hazy IPA.
1: <laughs> Coming soon. Hazy nah, nah, IPA. Nah. So um yeah, now back to the question. So look. I don't, think, I don't think it's the kids, man. I just think it's the time that we live in. I think it's technology and social media. And I'm not blaming that or calling them bad things. I'm not because they have their place in our society. But I'm just saying now they're watching other kids all over the world do crazy shit. So it's like if I want to get any views or likes, okay. I got to kick it up a notch. Yep. Right? Right. Or I'm going to go to school and I'm going to act like this kid that I just saw on the internet because that shit was funny as hell. So I'm going to pull that off at school, right? Whereas when you and I grew up, we didn't have that access. Yep. If we did crazy shit, it's just because we wanted to do it ourselves. Now they have – now they can see it in real time almost. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the difference. I don't think it's the kids at all. And I and I don't think that we're in a downward downward spiral um, only in the sense that us adults haven't done enough to make to make this world a better place. And so hopefully these kids will. You know what I mean? That's that's just my hope. Uh and now we can end the podcast, everybody. Ah, <laughs> wait. Caesar, <laughs> Caesar pulled out the violin in for a you little, guys. And the
0: little ribbon and the bow, put it in a little a cute little package. Nail champ. That's it, we're done. Nail champ. <laughs> yeah, man. You you, you touch on political the political climate and Is that weaving its way into schools? I know you're mathematics, but like I said, sometimes situations are just too huge. They're too big. Like, do you see that coming into schools? Like, do you see like legit lines being drawn with like, oh, well, you're this. Because when we were growing, when I was growing up, I remember like, yeah, that was like, we stuck to our our, our own little cliques, our own little tribes, you know, Mm. like the Mexicans hung out with the Mexicans. Uh, mm-hmm. Black dudes hang out with the blacks. Filipino dudes hang out with the Filipinos. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like that. White dudes with the whites. Um, or, the, or it was the, the jocks, right? Yeah, you the know? jocks, uh-huh. the, the the fucking band people. You know, it, it was clicky. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's still clicky now, but is it politically clicky? Like, do you notice that? Is that something that's there or is it something that just, it's big everywhere else but at that age? I
1: wouldn't say it's politically Clicky, I would say that kids are, are now more politically involved than we were. The more Yeah, I, I, I feel like when we grew up, it just wasn't a space for kids, right? That that belonged to the adults. Social right? media, brother. Really. But I feel like now kids are very politically aware and they're taking part in movements that we probably wouldn't have when we were younger. Um that's a good thing. No, nah, it is a good thing. That is it, a good thing. It is a good thing. Social awareness. Uh, you know, there's things that we need to watch out for, of course. We can't just We can't just be calling each other out all the time. Sometimes we got to call each other in and say, hey, we we all care about X situation, but there's certain things that have gone on that need to be discussed and fixed instead of just calling people out and saying, well, you're a piece of shit Mm because you said that. Nah, you know, we need to actually bring folks in and be like, well, what were you really trying to say and how can we possibly work on this together? So there are things we need to watch out for. But... But I think that kids are definitely more politically aware and active than than they've ever been, and I I ain't gonna lie, man, I like
0: that because if we haven't done mm-hmm. the job, then maybe they can. The biggest movement growing up was the uh, Rodney King trials. When I was young, I was okay. in middle school, and I remember um, the verdict came out; it was not guilty. Yeah, and like the next day, like there was an uproar, bro. It like uh-huh. was in cat. and I was only like in seventh or eighth grade, yeah. and, and 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 people were like, you know what? No, this is this is not right. We got to do this. And a couple of heads from school like fuck that fourth period. I don't remember what <laughs> period it was fourth period. We fucking get up, we walk out, <laughs> and we march. And it was on the news. Like expecting students tomorrow for organized march out of class, and da, da, da. And I was like, damn, is that really going to happen? And everybody like the bell rang, It took grow, and ding. Everybody got up, walked out, and I was like, oh shit. Mm -mm. Like, this is a movement. This is something that's going on. Okay. I didn't do anything. I was just sitting there. I was like, fuck. You know, like (laughs) everybody got up and left. I said, all right, I guess. But I mean, I was, Steve just sat in the chair. I was like, "You just sat in the chair." I followed the crowd. I was a sheep. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but I the was crowd. just like, I was like, "All right, I guess this is what everybody's doing." Nobody was left behind. <laughs> like everybody got up and walked. And I'm like, "All right," but that, in all honesty, that was the only time in my history in school that something like that ever happened. And I feel like now it's like, yeah, kids are they're smarter or they're more in tune. They're definitely more aware. They know what's going on socially, politically around them. They just know what's going on. And some people. Take the right path, which I would feel is being more sensitive to other people's feelings and just the way they wanna be treated. And other people take the other path and on purpose they antagonize, push Mm. buttons. And I feel like that would have been me, Mm. but now I don't know, you know, because I'm I'm a different person, Mm. but I feel like some kids take that route. Like, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna push the envelope. I wanna push these buttons. I wanna antagonize. Mm. It's crazy, man. Because I I look at my kids, you know? Mm. You're an educator. Do you talk to your kids in a certain way, to help them stay in the right path, knowing what you see with the other children that are at the schools. Like, you, you see these kids, you're like, fuck, i got to tell my kids about how not to be like that. Mm. And you bring that home, like, a Michael, you're going to be tempted to do certain things, but this is how we should do it. I don't do it differently, necessarily, because I'm an educator. but Just like you're a dad.
1: Just because I'm a dad, you know, I have to have the... Conversation with my teenage son about drugs. Okay, so you have a teenage and about son about sex. Yeah, I got a thirteen-year-old. Okay, so I got to have those kind of conversations, but none of it is necessarily um, different because I'm an educator. Now, am I? keenly aware of the school system that he's in, and I'm watching out to see, you know, what are the administrators doing? What are the teachers doing at this school? Yeah, of course I am. But I don't tell him that. That's a
0: different game. Look it is you. a whole different <sighs> game,
1: so I don't I don't need to clue him in onto that because I don't want him to think that he's got any preference or power based on what I know or what I do in my life. So, so yeah, no, just the typical dad talks, bro. That's it. Do your kids know <laughs> the power you possess? Being the VP of of the teacher's union? Yeah. Nah, they just kind of know that daddy's not there a lot. Yeah. That sucks, and that sucks. Um, and they come to some of the some of the smaller meetings. They'll go see me at the union office and whatnot. Um, but but I don't think they really grasp the full concept of, of what it is I do and who I represent.
0: They will. How do they get? Yeah, one day they will. Yeah. How do you think they'll
1: react to that? Well, hopefully they'll be... Um, Good union supporting yes. folks <laughs> <So>. themselves. <laughs> that's that's all I ask. You know what I mean. The, the workers deserve to to have a say in their working conditions, and 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 I think that's important so i hope my my children grow up and realize that that's important to them also Oh, look at that. like hey motherfuckers i buy you all this nice yeah. shit what you think that you think that people pay me what i get because they wanted to give me that money
0: or do you think i had to ask for it Earned right it. you know what i mean oh, <laughs> it's a tough task man we, we're raising boys yeah we're trying to turn little boys into gentlemen into men into you know and it's like it's crazy, man. I get scared. That's the one thing that scares me the most out of anything. I, I was talking to somebody upstairs right now at the brewery. Um, his wife's about to go into labor within the next 48 hours, he said. Okay. So and it's his first child. And I was just telling him, oh, I turned into that guy, bro. The guy that always wants to like give advice to like the soon-to-be dad. But the only advice, I'm not even advice, heads up, I told him. I said, hey, man, take advantage of this last night prior to giving birth to your kid. Yeah. This is it. This is the last, like, peaceful night that you'll have for the rest <laughs> of your life. Because for the rest of your life, you're going to always be worrying about that child. You know, like, oh, my God, everything you do is going to be curtailed to doing the right thing for that child. I told him, I said, bro, I would get up in the middle of the night for no other reason than just to see if my kids were breathing in their crib. Mm. I would go in there with my phone, just put my phone under the nose and be like, what's going on? All right, cool. They're breathing. My wife would be what the fuck? What are you doing? It's like, I don't know, I just felt the inclination to get up and go check Sonny, go check Jackson, go check Oliver. like, are they breathing? Are they okay? And for me it was a mind trip. So that's the only thing I tell parents. Because you know when you're pregnant, when you're expecting people come out of the woodwork whether it's family and friends, yeah. And like in one ear, out the other. I was like, I get it. I appreciate where you guys are coming from. But yeah. uh, I'm going to handle this how we need to handle it. But the one thing I tell him is like, fuck, you ain't going to get a nice, restful, peaceful night's sleep ever again. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you always have them on your mind. Always. And that's now when they're little, bro. You got a 13-year-old and you're already having drug talks, sex talks. Yeah. And it's like, I'm dreading that day. Because yeah. I feel like it's a turning the page to a new chapter of like worrying. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The other day, uh, Friday, we went shopping. We went to the CV Mall
1: of all places. And the Dine Mall, bro. Fucking mall is dead. <laughs> Wait, what day was that? It was not fucking day. It was Thursday. huh. It was Thursday because it was the Raiders Chargers game. All right, cool.
0: <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings are probably both going out. It was popping
1: because yep. there was a Raider fan club there. Did you know that there's a Raider fan club that goes to Buffalo? I Come don't doubt man. it, bro. We're into a Vista. <sighs> fucking Raider Dodger Central, man. Crazy. So So we're going to the Foot Locker to look for shoes. And I smell... I smell that that grape swisher and that. Uh-huh. I smell that weed up in the air. Your spidey senses started tingling. <laughs> <laughs> so Isaac, my oldest son, goes, "Woo!" He goes, that's strong. And I go, yeah. You know, do you know what that is? He goes, like, no, not really. And, you know, I go, that's that's marijuana. I go, somebody shouldn't be smoking that out here like that, but that's marijuana. And he goes, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> nice, nice. But so now it's not goes, your dead brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, really, huh? And he goes, yeah, do you know what else they call it? I go, no, what do they call it? He goes, the weed. The <laughs> weed. I had, do I had to do everything in my power to not just fall out and die and shit. I was just like,
0: yeah, you're right. They do. Da, 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 da. So we started having to talk a little bit about. How are you going to handle that? When Isaac comes in and be like, because it seems like you have an open relationship that you guys can talk back and forth. Mm-hmm. As he gets older, you know, situations are going to change. What if he says, dad, I, I got to join you know, like, what what do you think your situation on that? What what is your position going to be with him? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to let him know, like,
1: I don't want to be a hypocrite exactly. and just be like, no, you can't do mm-hmm. that, knowing what I did when I was his his age or yeah, well, a little older probably. But anyways, I don't want to be a hypocrite. But at the same time, I think I need to acknowledge with him that. The weed I was doing then is way different than the weed that they're doing now. And over the course of time, the weed that I had done in my lifetime had started kind of trying to, starting to wig me out, like making me a little paranoid, right? Welcome to the so, club, man. Right. <laughs> so so it's like, I don't, I have no idea what the weed nowadays is going to do to your mind. I just need you, you to- so little, bro. Yeah. I and need the frontal
0: lobe hasn't developed and they're just yeah. not there yet.
1: Yeah. So- so I think I think we need to talk about the differences of when, when I was doing my thing and what kids are doing nowadays and the dangers of it. And, um, you know, just the fact that when I graduated from college that, you know, I spent about a good three years just spending kind of doing – not graduating from college, graduating from high school. I spent a few, few years just not really doing much, taking a class here or there, partying with my friends, and maybe some of it did have to do with the weed and the alcohol, that I wasn't quick to go get it. You know what I mean? So I think you just need to keep in mind that weed is something you can't do every day. You just can't, bro. You got a fucking problem. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I, I have to have that kind of a discussion, just the reality of it. The real deal. Oh, man. Not just, you can't just be a flat out no. No, pues, no way. I mean, you know? in your mind, that's what you want to yeah. be. And you want how to do but how do we react when
0: our parents tell this straight up no? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, what if I do it like this?
0: Because, you know.
1: But you got to approach the conversation in a real way yep. or else they're going to be you're gonna like, lose them. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. going to lose them quickly.
0: Yeah. You know, you got, ah, uh, ah. Oh. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's the shit that gets me every time. I'm like, fuck, uh, stay seven, stay five, stay two. <laughs> like right now, it's like, no YouTube. Like, don't watch YouTube, no PlayStation, you know, yeah. like, like they'll ask me, dad, can not we play PlayStation? I'm like, all right, let's go sit down. We sit down, and we play with them. Mm-hmm. And I just know that these little stresses that I have for them are just going to develop and keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Because like you said, we did some things when we were growing up that I hope they never do. Yeah. That I hope they, I hope they don't have to like approach situations that you and I had to approach ever. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I sit back and I think and I'm like, God damn, bro. The fuck did I put my parents I through? Like, you know, like, what was I thinking? Like, if my parents knew or this, I didn't. I'm like, oh, I have three boys. One of these fuckers, two of these. Fuckers. All three of them could be like that. Mm, and then mm. I'm like, oh. Got you. Exactly. <laughs> I guess he's a <laughs> peloton.
1: No. What else you got, man? No, you tell me, man. This
0: is your part. Tell podcast. me about hip hop. Where you at with your hip hop? You always ask people. Give you two MCs. And nah. What? Just hip hop. What? Straight up. Three artists that you cannot live without. That I can't live Everyone without. Everyone else must go, and you only got three that you can stay with. Yeah. Oh yeah, it got tough. It got tough. Yeah, it's too tough.
1: Good. Oh, that's too tough. Good. He said good. Good. Artists. Wait. Yeah. It don't matter.
0: It don't matter. Hip hop genre. Do your thing. Nas. Nas. Ding ding ding.
1: Ice Cube. Ooh. Trap Ooh. Quest.
0: Ooh. I'm with you. Two out of three. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Ice Cube did me for a curveball. Not to like. That he's not a great, but I'm like, oh. I oh, noticed no, he's a that yeah. he's a legend.
1: He's a legend.
0: Only mean. one West Coaster. People who I talk to, they really have West Coasters. Uh, you know? Yeah. It's always Nas. Okay. It's always uh Gangstar. Yeah, for sure. It's always uh Black Star. Uh-huh. Or maybe even Tribe Call Quest. Okay. Wu Tang. Okay. But it takes a lot for somebody like to say, oh, yeah, I'm gonna throw in some pinchy orangey. Maybe some Snoop Dogg, some some (laughs) Ice Cube, you know?
1: No, I think that, I mean, that played a big part. Uh, That played a big part when I was growing up, just that West Coast sound. Um, And I think Ice Cube was just, I mean, obviously he was a pioneer. I mean, just think about his complete body of work starting from NWA on. And then you just... Accomplished. Yeah, you're just like, this guy should be on the hip-hop Mount Rushmore if there ever is one, I mean... He's
0: on it for you, huh? Yeah, All for right, sure. fuck it.
1: For Rushmore sure. has what, four? Rushmore has... Four faces?
0: Right. Damn, son! Got I, you. I sound uneducated Got like a motherfucker you. right now. So I'll give you one more. If you're going to put one <laughs> more on the hip-hop Mount Rushmore, who is the fourth? Uh oh, man.
1: Um me on the spot. Good. I'm thinking I'm thinking too much, right? Um I would say. I would say gangstar. Oh,
0: nah, you're talking my language. I'll I would go. say
1: gang because I, I had to think between like gangstar, Wu tang mm-hmm. Red red, you know, red man. Most people won't pick like a red man, but I had to I had to go through my, my mind right now and think about all of those artists.
0: No Eric Sermon, huh?
1: Well I mean I love see EPMD yeah, came up to me yeah. too. EPMD came up to me too, and I was just like, Sigh. "Gangstar is just a timeless sound, and you're talking about a really profound lyricist, and you're talking about maybe the best producer that hip hop has ever seen." Um, so you gotta go, Dude, with Gangstar's that, bro. number one. Bro. You got for
0: me. Go it's gonna that. be Gangstar number one. Siempre, Gangstar number one. Okay. Then yeah, Tribe Called Quest. I'm with you still there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. Oh, fuck's in Nas no, and Biggie. So they, they, have no West Coast on me. Mm, mm. If I was gonna go one West Coast, yeah, it'd be Dre and 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 Q probably. But yeah.
1: All right, I'm gonna volley it back to you and say, since Gangstar is one of your favorites, give me your top three Gangstar jams.
0: Ooh, Papito, the one above the clouds. <laughs> ever since you you got Ooh. it, yeah. That just that's been playing at the house always. Uh huh. And oh, it's lonely at the top. I like that song too. I love that song, bro. Which one is that? Uh Yeah, yeah, the fuck, I forgot the name of it. I okay. just know, But okay. And then um, Skills has always been an underrated jam. Okay. Especially when DJ Tony Touch, Tony Toka did the remix on it. Okay. I heard it and I was like, ooh. He added a little Latin flair to it. So uh-huh. that quickly elevated it to the top as well. me uh, Yeah, those three are legit for me. For Biggie, dude. Everything Biggie put out was amazing. Nah, but for me, Nas, independent one-on-one guy, he's, uh-huh. he's the dude. He's a dude. And everything off of
1: Illmatic was amazing. Yeah, I've pretty much heard everything he's put out, even mixtapes.
0: Mixtapes were awesome. Uh, Remember that track that joined the drug, um Purple, 2001? That was off of Lost tape. That was off One. Del Primero, ¿verdad? That was a dope fucking track. <sighs> Fuck, dude. It's so hard to find that track. You can search, search, search. I got to go on YouTube and dig, and then uh. I find it there. And then I ripped it off there, and I put it on a CD many years ago, and I just kept it. But that's a fucking jam, bro. I feel like a- No, it's people- on
1: Lost Tapes 1, and I want to say there's like 10 or 12 tracks on that.
0: I'll find that one there. And,
1: um, and I probably- I downloaded that when it, when it came out, and so it's in my personal collection Tupac, somewhere. Biggie, mm-hmm, and Nas. Mm-hmm, yep. And it was
0: beautiful, bro. It was mm-hmm. a beautiful rendition, That I was like- tss- that was probably one of my one of my go to songs. And okay. I know I've talked to you about Immortal Technique. You don't seem too too fond of him. You know he's playing. Yeah, he played yesterday, right? Is it? No, I thought it was later on in the month.
1: No, he was. Is it already done? It was. It's Sunday. He he. It's yesterday. He played at um.
0: He played at the Belly Up. Have you ever seen him? Never seen him once. Okay. Ooh, fucking whatever you think he would be times uh-huh. three. He's got a new album out. Yeah. So that's yeah, why that's he's touring. Mi- middle know, Passage. Of- I haven't heard it yet. No, no, it's good. It's good, puppy. You got to listen to it. Now, did you? You know strike it? me as an immortal technique guy, but then when we were talking last time, you're like, "Oh, he's a little too, a uh, little too out there for me." Yeah,
1: it's a little much at times. Um, you know, it feels a little conspiracy theory-ish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, um, I'm probably not giving him the credit he's due, though.
0: Literally says so, he's amazing. Okay, bro. he okay. just spits it, and it's like okay dance with the devil um when i first first heard that song uh-huh. i felt like he was telling a story like it was a legit story and then just the the way he takes you through the whole song leading you up to the end was like oh shit i was there when it with and when it happened that day i was like
1: <sighs> well the best i mean the best rappers are good storytellers. they hold you they and they bring best- you in and they hold you and you know what then the best teachers are Sim- great storytellers they just they just draw you in they just make you want to listen to them you know what I mean it's a pleasure to go to their class even if all you're doing is listening to them right so so that's just something that I always keep in mind hip-hop and education there's a lot of there's a lot of connections that people don't they don't see but yeah anyway sorry tangent <laughs> Tangent.
0: It's <laughs> a so good place drop it right there brother is so that awesome to have you back in all right Back for the first time, yeah. because the first time really didn't count. Yeah, man. But the way we're going to do it now, we're going to do this one. I'll bring okay. in Christian, and okay. we'll bring you both in together, because I feel good. like you guys play off each other very well, being okay. both guys, educators, industry, uh-huh. doing your thing. Uh-huh. You're a good dude, man.
1: I appreciate you, man. Thank you for no, having me on, bro. man.
0: Gracias, champ. I just want to promote anything, push anything,
1: what you got? No, no, no. So your episode is going to come out next on the Educated Guest Podcast, and so... Me, me, and my guy, um, when we recorded it, man, we were just really impressed with how well you interviewed, but but how much knowledge you dropped without maybe even knowing um, the specific educational jargon that goes along with it, right?
0: I gave you the process without the proper
1: terminology, <laughs> and, that's, and that's and that's a beautiful thing because because. I'm now going to start interviewing people that aren't necessarily in the field of education but are successful at what they do. And the questions that I'm going to ask are hopefully so that other educators can kind of see into this person as the student that they were Mm. and how is it that I build around their talents too. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me. And and you're going to be dropping very, very soon. (laughs) <laughs> where can we find your podcast so you can find my podcast um, anywhere that you listen to badass podcasts but we're on iTunes Aguero. Stitcher Dale. Google Play Woo. and then we have a website uh, educatedguestpodcast.com and so you can catch our latest stream shit always, it right there. review it share it yeah man for sure thank you brother thank you in a minute